Hello and welcome. I'm Ian Gillies and welcome to the Hamilton Wealth Management Podcast 22 for January 19. In this podcast, we publish our outlook for the year ahead. I am joined by Will Hamilton, who will look at equities and alternatives in 2019, John Green, who will discuss fixed interest and currency, and Kane Baranar, who will review the REITs outlook. Firstly to you, Will, would you give us an overview of how we see 2019 developing? Thank you, Ian. Look, uh, we believe 2019 will be about the change from quantitative easing, or QE as it's known, to quantitative tightening, or QT as it's becoming known as. So with the balance sheets of the major developed market central banks looking to contract. In early December, London-based Capital Economics reported that for the first time in over 25 years, it was actually 26 years, uh, 2018 will be the year when all 10 major asset classes have delivered negative returns. So it has been a very unusual year. Uh, the across-the-board negative performance can be put down to several factors, such as trade wars, the decline in the oil price, Brexit, and the fears over the stage of the US economic cycle. But also, there is the monetary policy. The key theme for 2019, as far as we're concerned, is the shift by most developed world central banks from this QE to QT, the rest of which is a known unknown. No one can predict what will be the outcome. So that's providing some uncertainty. Which asset classes will be affected by monetary tightening or QT in 2019? And to the extent, how will they be impacted? Markets always look forward, and the sell-off in the Q4 of 2018 was all about growth worries, especially in the US. We don't share these immediate concerns, as underlying economic growth and profit growth is still strong. However, medium term, we must respect where we are in the economic cycle. When we've looked forward for 2019, we've constructed our asset class forecast on the basis that during the year it will become apparent that economic growth and therefore the global economy will be looking at a slowdown, possibly in 2020. This economic slowdown will be led by the US as 2018's fiscal stimulus wears off, China's slowing already despite fiscal stimulus and Europe contending with a slowdown, possibly even a recession amongst some individual members such as Italy are considered. Capital economics, as we just mentioned earlier, is forecasting 3.3% global GDP growth for 2019, and they're looking at just below 3% for 2020. But they're not looking at a contraction, and I think that's really important that we state at the outset. Thanks, Will. Um, John, how do you see the forthcoming year for fixed interest and currency developing? Yeah, look, it's been um, a fairly dull year for a couple of years for fixed income, actually, but um, up until the last month or so, and I think next year is going to be more interesting again. Um, The key issue is going to be liquidity. There's going to be a lot more debt issuance in 2019, and looking at the quality of the underlying fixed income investments is going to be very important. QT will signify monetary conditionings are tightening and credit worthiness will start to be explored more often. As an advisory house, as our investors know, we've had minimal exposure to government bonds and where we do have exposure, we've been confining that to low duration bonds. That means that given where we are in the interest rate cycle, some duration exposure will have to be explored next year. The US Federal Reserve has signalled that further rate hikes in 2019 will be data dependent. And while we believe the recent rally in bond yields due to economic growth concerns may be unwound to some extent in early 2019, at some stage next year the markets will start to factor in the Fed actually starting to look at decreasing rates in 2020, and we will then start to put duration back into our portfolio for the first time in many years. 
we do expect US Treasury yields to be falling again by the end of next year. Uh, US 10-year Treasury yields are approximately 2.75% right now, and we see them closer to 2.5% at the end of 2019. Australian 10-year Treasury yields are around 2.4, and we expect them to end 2019 probably not too far from this level, but after a possible backup in the early part of next year. We expect another year with no change to the RBA cash rate. We also expect only one additional rate hike by the Fed in 2019, as opposed to their recently revised Fed dot points, which suggest two hikes next year. At the same time, we don't favour credit markets. We've been underweight credit markets for quite some time, as our clients know. Um, when we talk about credit, we're less concerned about domestic credit and more with global credit, particularly the US, uh, where we think you have to focus on the widening of credit spreads. So in continuing to position portfolios for fixed income, we remain negative towards domestic exposure and we've built up cash as a default exposure and we're, neg excuse me, we're negative towards international exposure also. We're neutral towards investment grade credit, which provides an attractive yield pickup over sovereign bonds with low default risk, but underweight credit overall, given the relatively narrow spreads now prevailing. We'll continue to use managers that have neutralised or avoided exposure to duration, as by doing so, we're minimising interest rate risk. Overall, we're negative or underweight traditional fixed interest and positive or overweight cash equivalents. With respect to the currency, as with previous years, we're not prepared to forecast an actual level for the Aussie dollar, but we are prepared to give a direction. And contrary to some people out there, we actually see the Aussie dollar trending higher in 2019. Um, we're closing 2018 at around 71 cents against the US dollar having started the year at 78. We continue to use partial hedging strategies, especially for international equities, against the US dollar. On a purchasing power parity basis, we believe fair value is currently around 70 to 74, but we also believe the Aussie never trades at fair value, and due to weakness in the US dollar, we'll start to see some strength in the A dollar. Notwithstanding commodity prices have been quite weak over recent months, we think they'll get some support next year, and that should also help the Aussie dollar. Based on our view towards fixed income, especially where the US rate cycle is, we would envisage mild US dollar weakness as downward pressure on US interest rates has already seen the US dollar rally store. Thanks, John. Um, now returning to you, Will, how do you see equity markets developing in 19? Sure. Well, look, I think we need to start where we, uh, with the big disparity in 2018, which was between what's the, the styles of growth and value in equities markets. So. They have started to sort of unwind that disparity, so we expect mean reversion to continue. I think it's going to become a bigger theme um, as this disparity continues to unwind. As we go further into 2019, though, we are biasing at the start of the year towards equities, especially after the recent sell-off. Uh, this was and still is the least overvalued asset class and remains cheap relative to mainstream fixed income. It's hard to ignore the marked outperformance of the US equity markets over every other region, especially our own Australian markets since the GFC. For instance, the pre-GFC high of the, of the um, ASX was 6829, that was seen in February 2017, sorry, 2007. The S&P 500 set its pre-GFC high in October 2007 of 1576. It tested a new high of 2900 in September of 2018, and it's presently around 2550. 
So looking forward into equity markets, this is a period for conviction management. Um, as you've heard us say before, beware of thoughtless or passive portfolio construction strategies as we continue to believe thoughtful portfolio construction or conviction management will avoid the main traps set by being compelled to being overexposed to an index. Where we are in the economic cycle, we've adopted though quite a cautious approach, and I think this is important when we're looking at equities. One strategy we're going to be adopting in the year is going to be to fade or reduce exposure to equity markets in rallies. This is the last rally to buy, as far as we're concerned, as opposed so last dip to buy, as opposed to buying the dips. So we will not be looking at this stage to be buying further dips as we go into 2019, which is going to move us from a neutral position where we are now to a negative or underweight position later in 2019. I do want to stress later in 2019. So developed market equities in Europe um, have seen retracements, um, well over 10%. They are trading at 12.5 times forward earnings, X the UK. Now the UK has that extra black cloud of Brexit hanging over it, um, but there is value in Europe. There's no doubt about it at 12.5 times that is attractive valuation. The US also has held up very well um, but as the least attractive of the developed markets, opportunities exist there, but you're looking at a P of 15 and a half times, so it's only fair value rather than good value. Um, also, I think you've got to take into account in the US, Trump's tax cut benefits are behind us now, but the positive is all this red tape, all the reduced regulation that he's taken out, that, those benefits haven't been seen yet, so that's ahead of us still to be seen. Um, so for developed market equities, we maintain a neutral position uh, as we commence 2019. Emerging markets is probably um, where we probably differ a little bit from the, the rest of the market. We are slightly overweight or mild overweight. It's uh, the only equity region that we are overweight in. Capital economics in London project average GDP growth of 3.5% out to 2040, outpacing developed markets at 1.7% average over the same time period. Now, the EM bears will argue that a strong US dollar is a negative for EM. They're right. If we are close to neutral for US interest rates, then the likelihood of the US dollar weakness must be considered. That's therefore a positive for EM. It's also worth noting that more debt in EM Asia is being financed through the renminbi. Um, EM markets are trading at a forward PE of about 11.5 times now, which is a discount of 25% to developed markets. Um, and that may, puts them actually on the marginally cheap side on an historical basis. More time than usual must be given, though, to Australian equity markets. Um, we have the added complexities where it's highly likely that we're going to get a change of government by the end of the financial year. So the pen, pending changes being proposed by the ALP and negative gearing, capital gains tax discount, halving the capital gains tax discount to 25%. Family trusts, taxing of beneficiaries and the abolition of excess franking credits, they're going to have serious impacts, we believe, on the markets. So the standout loser from the proposals is hybrid securities especially those issued by the banks, given the value of the franking credits, which is attributed in the overall yield. So valuations at under 14 times forward for Australian equities, they represent, Australia represents fair value. There's an argument on valuations for Australian equities, but uh, presenting a buying opportunity, which we agree with, but the proposed policies of an incoming ALP government combined with a continuing rising interest rate environment globally are both strong reasons to just maintain a neutral setting. So what you've got to remember is when we're constructing a portfolio, it's looking to maximise the valuation and growth opportunities, yet avoid the potential structural hurdles that are in front of our domestic market. That's our goal. So a change of government and a banking sector, which has 22% weighting in the Australian index, 
It has some natural growth challenges as well, and regulatory obstacles ahead of it uh, as a result of the Royal Commission, they make this approach even more important. Thanks, Will. Um, Kane, uh, how do you see REITs developing in 2019? Yeah, sure, Ian. So we were actually quite active with our tactical asset allocation calls towards A-REITs during 2018 as valuations moved markedly around changes in interest rate expectations. As John mentioned, expectations for US rate uh, increases have lessened. Likewise, expectations of the RBA not lifting cash rates domestically until the middle of 2020 should assist A-REITs from a valuation standpoint. However, headwinds remain in the form of slowing housing credit and pending negative gearing changes proposed by the ALP. East Coast office markets have been supported by strong population growth and low vacancy rates, which has been reflected in further yield compression during 2018. The spread in yield over bonds is currently at a premium to its long-run average, although this premium reduced during calendar quarter four as A-REITs displayed their defensive characteristics during a period of weaker equity markets globally. Decade-low gearing levels at approximately 26% result in lower debt exposure risk and reduce the sensitivity of the sector to higher rates as debt servicing will be less affected. So we'll continue to actively call this asset class and remain marginally underweight as we head into 2019. Thanks, Kane. Um, now to alternatives. Uh, Will, how would you summarise the strategy for alternatives in 19? Look, we've had an increased focus on this area in the last few years. We're going to continue to do so in 2019. We're looking for uncorrelated assets. It reflects also a caution towards risk-based assets overall. There's a clear benefit of looking at the diversification um, and of other assets, including private assets, where appropriate. But it, look, it always must be dependent on a client's risk profile. So we look closely at appropriate alternative asset strategies, especially those that are conservative. We believe this, the environment for 2019 is going to favour boring. Uh, we've attempted to maximise alternative strategies in client portfolios where it's appropriate. Now, illiquidity is often a nature of some of these assets, and that can be an issue for some of these strategies. But providing the weighting is suitably conservative and in line with what a client's risk profile is, these can also provide clients with attractive returns. And as I mentioned before, they're uncorrelated to traditional markets. So we believe that our clients should fully understand what they are investing in, and therefore our support in this sector is primarily for asset class, long-short funds, equity capital neutral, event-driven strategies, infrastructure, and where appropriate direct lending and niche private equity, but things that are very vanilla. Thank you, Will. Um, finally, would you like to comment on uh, key components of strategies and risk management in 19? Sure. Thank you. Look, um, never forget risk is a key component of a strategy and the need for prudent risk management. So when we look at 2019, we're attempting to expose portfolios to risk exposure upside through equities, whilst balancing risk in the portfolio construction. We've talked about in this podcast the need to fade the rallies, as we'll be looking at capital protection as opposed to trying to gain that last 10% from equity markets. Fading rallies or reducing exposure to underweight, though, doesn't completely mean exiting markets as we and the managers we use are long-term in approach, and we're never gonna pick the top, nor are we ever gonna pick the bottom, we're not trying to, but cash can provide opportunity. 
So at Hamilton Wealth Management, we will always position client portfolios for a full market cycle. We're not going to be distracted by short-term noise. Underlying asset valuations and credit quality are important to consider, but asset allocation is the key, and investors who are bold when markets are out of line with valuations will achieve the best results. Therefore, what we look for is the combination of manager selection combined with diversification through asset allocation, discipline and patience, and that should ensure portfolio outperformance is delivered. Thanks, Will. I'd like to uh, thank Will, John and Kane for today's podcast. Uh, please do not hesitate to contact us if you wish to discuss any aspect in further detail. Um, may I take this opportunity on behalf of my colleagues here at Hamilton Wealth Management to wish you all the best for the forthcoming year and success in your investment strategies for 2019. I'm Ian Gillies and as always, thank you for listening.